right, yo, we're back, and I'm here uh, wearing my Biggie Inspire shirt damage because, you know, hip-hop is not the same as it used to be back in the day. I'm I'm getting used to all these little ghouls and goblins. I don't know the Uzis from the, from the, from the 50s, <laughs> but either way, like, hip-hop has changed. Have you noticed as a DJ, like, the music changing, is it, or is it that I'm just getting old? No, it, it is changing. The more mainstream music is definitely getting younger and more color, colorful hair and, you know, craziness. But there is some good hip-hop out there still. There are still hip-hop legends out there making music, Jason. Still. Really? Yep, the locks still make music. There's a group out of New York called Griselda that's making really good hip-hop. So good hip-hop is still alive. I can't front. It's still there. Well, we recently just lost DMX, one of the one of the greats in hip hop. Uh, he was one yes. of the uh, rappers that I saw back in the day in Sacramento. Had the most energy. Uh, when I look at him and his legacy and what he's left behind, only to die at fifty years old. I think about the people yeah. that we have these days who are artists. You know, are we going to remember them the way that we remember the icons like a DMX? Some of them, man. Also, when you say that, rest in peace to Black Rob. But some of them, I think the Kendrick Lamars, the J. Coles, the, we have a lot of great artists that I think we will hold at that esteem. But, you know, as hip hop got more popular, people look at it more as a hustle rather than an artistic expression, Jason. So you have a lot of people just jumping in it to make the money. So, you know, the true artists will always shine. I think so. Mm. And there aren't a lot of trailblazers, though, in music these days that there are in like like in the days when we had Run DMC. I remember yeah. back in the day meeting Run DMC at a concert. I think I was like 18 or 19 years old. I saw them backstage. I was like, MC Light was performing on the stage. I said, yo, I got to get in the middle of y'all because y'all going to be Run DMC and I'm going to be Jay because, you know, they had Jam Master Jay. May he rest in Come peace. Come on now. But I remember, I remember them being trailblazers and merging rock and hip hop together with uh, Rock This Way with Aerosmith. And I just, I'm looking for like that innovative hip hop that can keep me moving and that can create offspring who can make their own money like culture is for <laughs> Offset and Cardi B. Now, I agree, Jason. I agree. Look, I'm a DJ because of people like Jam Master J and Jazzy Jeff. Like, you can't even compare anything today to the impact that Run DMC had. Like, that's total greatness. I wouldn't even, that would be blasphemy to say that we have something like that right now. Well, one of the greatest uh, hits of Run from Run DMC <laughs> is his daughter, Angela Simmons. And she's actually here. We have hip hop royalty in the building, Angela Simmons. Now I will tell you, this is damage. This is probably one interview that I promise you I have been asking for, for I don't know <laughs> how many years. And this girl has dodged me. And the only and then she popped up. No, <laughs> no, she did. And then she pops up at my birthday party like a year or two ago. And I'm like, girl, I've been looking for you, and all I had to do was throw a birthday party. <laughs> you know? There it is. I was there, right? I, I came. Pulled up. Right. You were. You know what's so funny is you came you came with a mutual friend, Sergi Baca, and I know that you guys are close friends, but every time I every time I get a chance to uh hint that you guys had a relationship, he gets really annoyed with me. Why is it that why is it that we're obsessed with the idea that women in the industry can't have men friends that are just friends? I mean, I've known Serge since our what was it, our twenty my twenty fifth birth twenty fifth? I think it was. I did a birthday party and we both have the same birthday, September 18th. So we did a joint birthday party and it was super lit. It was in Miami on a yacht. And then like we got really close after that. But yeah, I mean, people are weird about other males being friends with other females in the industry. 
I don't know. I mean, I guess if two people have chemistry, people think that they're dating. So I just feel like that's where it comes from. I mean, if you see two attractive people, you just kind of put them together. It's like this. I think it's wishful thinking. I mean, I, listen, I've known Serge for a long time. I have nothing but love for him. I actually really love him. He's like a really cool friend of mine. But Angela, he's my friend too. And I mean, he's straight, which is the only reason why I haven't slept with him. But don't you be looking at him like, damn, you are a tall thing of Hershey's. I would climb you like a monkey at the zoo. I mean, don't you- You are crazy. Hey, listen, <laughs> I think he's beautiful. He's fine. Yes, he's, he's handsome, of course. I've, I've known him for a very long time. We have a friendship. But you're oh. supposed to have a friendship with the person you in a relationship with, Angela. I want you to get a good man. He needs a good woman. I mean, <laughs> you could call you call Serge. You tell him that. <laughs> Are we matchmaking right now, Jason? Is that what you're doing? You're matchmaking. Well, Serge is mad at me right now because I just outed his relationship with Cindy Bruna. But stop letting the girls zoom from your house. It's not my problem. I got a job to do. Look, Angela. My thing with you is why are so many people. <laughs> Why are so many people obsessed with your dating life, though? Like, as long as I've known you, as long as I've had your phone number, I never text you to inquire about who you're dating. Uh, I don't, I don't, you know, people think that I'm always in people's business all the time. I'm not. It's only when my staff posts up on the internet. But why are people, like, I feel like you're one of the few people that comes to mind that everybody is obsessed with who you're dating all the time. Why is that? You know what? I think from when I was like 18, it was always the Bow Wow thing, right? And so automatically everyone was like, are you dating him? And then after that, it was like, well, then who? And then I just feel like it's always been that. And I've been pretty quiet about who I date for the most part. You know what I mean? Like I normally don't put it out there because I just like to date. And if it doesn't work, I don't got to have everyone in my business. But um, I don't know. I really don't know, but I, I did as like a 19 year old, 18 year old girl, like I'm like, why do I care who I'm dating? It doesn't matter. But um, yeah, I have no idea. I but I usually, I like I said, I keep it quiet. Like I mind my business, I date. I just, you know, I stay in my own little world. Mm-hmm. But do you, but do you see do you, do you see the obsession, right? Because it is literally, it's not even like people are interested. It's people are literally obsessed, even when like the Bow Wow thing, it's so it's almost like I think about the exes that I've been with. I've been with a fuck boy or two, not to say Bow Wow, as I'm just saying I've been with one. I wouldn't want somebody trolling me my whole life, every relationship I get in or when I'm enjoying the single life with people saying, hey, what about you and so-and-so? Do you ever want to just go on social media and say, mind your fucking business? For me, I'm so used to being in that spotlight that I'm just like, whatever. Like, whatever assumptions you want to make, make it. And I just kind of do my own thing. Like, if I'm dating someone and it's a public thing, then it's public. And if it's not, it's not. Like, that's just kind of how I've always been. And it works for me, you know? Like, people are going to have opinions, and I'm literally just used to it at this point in my life. So when you move on from a guy... Uh, from a relationship because you are so independent you grew up in a family where you you know you've had it all uh and then you've become your own woman outside of the family to have it all um is that is that is that what gives you the strength to kind of move on like a nigga because you be kind of boxing You be, you know, Angela, you don't be moving on from a relationship like a typical woman. You be like, nigga, I'm out and, you know, you're going to be okay. Like, you be, you you don't be disrespecting them, but you definitely ain't crying in the corner. 
It, where does that? Oh, come on. Come? I, I, I definitely get my feelings hurt, but like, I'm not going to feel bad for myself for too long. I'm like, listen, if for whatever reason it didn't work, let me just move on. And that's it. Like I'm hustling, I'm working, I'm young. Like, listen, I'm going to meet someone else. It's all going to make sense when it makes sense. At the end of the day, like, you know, have your moment, be upset, have your tears, whatever that looks like, and then move on. Like, if it's not making sense and you both decided to go separate ways, then that's just what it is. Can we get a lady some advice? How long you think it should take them to move on? Like, how long is too long before moving on? Whatever works for you. I don't put time limits on anything. I know some people who got out of relationships immediately and wind up with someone else quickly and wind up marrying that person. I don't know. Whatever works for you. I think everything is case by case. I can't give a specific time. I think if you are self-healing and you need that moment to heal and you don't want to carry that into your next relationship, then take that time for yourself. But I wouldn't specifically give a time because I really don't think there's a specific time. Mm. So when you left Bow Wow, how long did he cry? Nah, me and him, I've known Bow since I was like 17. And so we just had a lot of back and forth. Like, I love Bow to death. Like, people got to know, like, that's my homie. Like, if he calls me and needs me for anything, I'm here. Like, that's my people. And like, we, we just, we grew together. Like, I saw him have his first kid. I saw everything. So like, I was just in the mix. Like we met on a photo shoot, the word, uh, word up when I was, um, doing that and I had a magazine with them. I did a photo shoot with him and Omarion and I met him there. And then we became super close. And just like from there, he was always there. Even when I was in a relationship, when I was younger, after I broke up with the guy I was with, I called him. I remember the day I found out dude was like cheating. He was like, I see, I told you. I mean, like he was just that guy that was always there. And like, Bow's just always been there for me. So like, he's definitely a close homie of mine. But do you, do you, are you one of those people like me that believes like life doesn't go in reverse? Like I won't get in any relationship that I used to be in, even if I enjoyed it a lot, or even like some of my exes I'm still good friends with. Are you one of those people that believe like, I'll never go back to a relationship I've been in? Or do you always leave yourself the chance that maybe a Bow Simmons situation? Bow Simmons, <laughs> what's happening? Um, I like to say, never say never. I've learned okay. to, to live like that because, you know, when you say, I'll never do this and you turn around and it happens like, dang, maybe I shouldn't say never. You know, I don't know when it comes to men I've dated, Sometimes you've got to go your separate ways to grow and you can come back because I've seen relationships where a woman went left, a man went right, and then they met right back in the middle years later because they had to get certain things out of their system. So I'm a believer in whatever's meant to be is going to be. Are you cool with most of your exes? Yeah, I, I really don't have no beef with nobody. I'm like, I'm cool. Like, even if we ended bad, like, I don't have nothing but love for anyone. Like, I don't have time for that. Like, I'm cool. But see, this is this is why, and, and let me be clear, because I don't want everybody to say, oh, Jason invited Angela on the show to talk about all her relationships. No, I've been privileged to see Angela in public a few times. I don't just see a person in public and look at them. I watch them when I'm in the room. I just saw you recently at Floyd Mayweather's birthday party in Miami. Um, you, always, you always seem very confident. Uh, you always seem very solid. And... And to some extent, I mean, I don't think I've ever really seen a lot of emotion from you. And I'm like, okay, like either Angela's out here, either Angela's out here moving like, like, <laughs> you, moving, you know what I mean? 
or or she just has this level of confidence that I want every woman who follows me to get. You know what I mean? And I really like the fact that you've never, you know, publicly been messy. Like I don't know, you just really have done a really good job of 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 moving around and and I just want to know where that came from. Is that from your upbringing? Is that from your your own uh, self desire to be a great woman? What is it? I mean, I could easily say definitely upbringing, but more importantly too, it's like, I don't need to be in that like messiness. Like it's real easy based off of any situation I've been in easily. You could be messy and go to your social media and just be going off. But like, I don't have time for that. Like I would rather put my energy into what I do. Like if you want to be messy on the other side, then I allow that person to be messy. You know what I mean? Because what, like, what does that do for me? It's not helping me. So I would rather just stay in my own world, do my thing, enjoy myself, be out and about, see you out at parties. You know what I mean? Like I'm minding my business, period. Like I'm always going to mind my business and I'm always going to just, yeah, mind my business. (laughs) Like I do, like I do. But do you think you stay out of all that because you're not a real mixy person? Like you're, you know, sometimes for people, well, you grew up in fame and then you you became famous on your own. I mean, so like you don't need to be mixy. Do you think it's a lot of people that, do you, do you think you've stayed out a lot of stuff because you're not a mixy person? Yeah, I mean, I think I've been involved in stuff as well, but um, I also know how to ignore it or like handle it on the spot. Like I'm not about to take what I'm dealing with to the public. Like for what? Unless it gets out there and even then I don't need to comment on it. Like it's nobody's business. If somebody wants to out me or speak about me publicly, that's on you. Like I'm grown enough to get on the phone and have a conversation. Like we can handle it like adults or you could talk about it publicly. I'm not that girl. Like I'm not about to go and address you. All right. So let's talk really quick. One more thing. I know that you're, um, you've talked really publicly about, um, being in an abusive relationship. We've had, you know, people here on the show who have been survivors. I don't say victims of domestic violence. Um, with that relationship, what did you learn about yourself going through a relationship that was abusive? I learned what I just said, the never say never stuff, because you never know that you're gonna be that person until you're in it. And then once you're in it, you know, I feel like you make excuses to stay. And if there's anyone who's watching who's in one or, you know, stuck in it like you really got to find a someone that you can like go to to talk to because if you're stuck in it alone you're stuck in it like you know what i mean and i just it's a tough place to be in and like physical uh abuse is not the only thing that's abusive mental abuse is very real and can put you in isolation and i think it's really important that you don't get stuck there you know um but yeah i definitely been through that and i i couldn't believe I was that girl and I was going through that. Like I just couldn't have ever imagined it, but it was definitely a tough space for me to be in. But um, I found my way out and, you know, I, I decided I wanted to speak on it more after a while um, publicly when I started my Pressure Makes Diamonds program, because I realized there are so many other women out there that are going through the same thing, but don't have these discussions. And so in private rooms, I like to speak about this more in detail because I know there are other women like me that are going through things, but we need to uplift each other. You know what I mean? Like we need to be there for one another. Like you got to hear that the girl next to you or the woman next to you may be going through the same thing, but afraid to speak up because they don't know that, you know, you would understand or even understand why that person's still there. A lot of times kids can play a role. Um, 
not having enough financial stability. So many things play a role, but I just feel like when women come together and have these conversations, then there's awareness and then you have a support group because the most important part to me is having a support group, most definitely. Was it abuse to the extent that you were like punched or like bruised and battered abuse? Or because again, I think going back to our original question, like earlier, I look at you as being so strong and independent and, and, you know, there are a lot of women out there. One of my sisters, Belinda, who was also beaten by her man, you know, she seemed strong and came from a strong family. I would, we didn't know she was getting beaten until we found out. Was it that bad or was it more, it was? Well, hands thrown, I mean, hands used and I wouldn't say punched, but hands used and things thrown at me and stuff like that. Like Hmm. enough where there were bruises, you know what I mean? But, um, it wasn't okay and it definitely wasn't right and you know i knew when enough was enough how did you get the strength to walk away from that situation just repetitiveness you know what i mean i think just after a while being afraid you know being scared that's not fun there's so many different things that will finally lead a person to say you know what this isn't for me and I know that you, you've not talked about the, you haven't said the person's name publicly. Is that because you want to give them some grace and you don't want to open up a whole other can of worms? Or is it just that that wasn't the focus point of you coming out and sharing your story? Yeah, it's definitely not the focus. I would never speak on names, but um, the point is definitely for other women to be strong enough and to be there for one another to help each other. I don't think the person, whoever did it, is important for me to discuss, but I do feel like the message is bigger and it's much larger than just me. Hmm. Um, one more relationship, your ex-fiance, the father of your child. Um, you know, I lost a brother when I was younger, um, very sudden, very unexpectedly. And it really, um, I always tell people in my book, I was tell, I wrote out, I wrote in my book and then I always tell people like, it took me 10 years to get through the morning of that because it was somebody that I love so much. Um, and I really felt for you. Um, I know we're not best friends like you and Serge, uh, but you know I do have an I do have an affection for you, and I have a lot of respect for you. And I did think about you when this happened. Um, how are, how have you worked through that, and how have you helped your son work through that? Because I'm sure now he knows, right, uh, what's happened. Man, it's honestly a process. You know, like my son does ask for his father. He does ask why he doesn't have a father and that's tough you know what i mean like how do you tell a four-year-old why his dad is not here you know what i mean other than he's in heaven or he's with god and these are things you tell a child who's uh craving their father or that attention it's it's tough it's a process you know i remember like yesterday when everything happened and he passed i had to go right into therapy because i couldn't process it it was like oh my God, I'm raising his son without him. I miss it. It was just so much on the table for me when it came to that. And then my son has his name. Like I didn't know how I was going to process even that. Like it just was so much, but um, gratefully and thankfully therapy had been very, very helpful to me. You know, I went like two, three times a week after it happened and it really helped me just like get to the other side because I was not there, you know what I mean? Like, I think for the first time in my life, I felt numb. You know, I didn't know, like, what is going on. Like, I've never experienced something that close up, and I did not think I would ever have to raise a child alone. You know what I mean? Um, But the process and the mourning behind that 
it's tough. You know, I'm strong and all that stuff, but I have my days and my moments where I'm like, whoa, like, I definitely, you know, I miss him. Like, I wish he could be here for his son. He would be so proud. Like, my my child's father didn't even get to see him um, speak. So imagine that. Like, when he left, like, my son wasn't even speaking. He was only two. You know, he's four now. And you got to imagine that was only two years ago, and he'll be five in September. But that, it's an ongoing process. You know, when my brother was murdered, his daughter, which was his own, his first child, um, she was only six weeks old. And so although she has pictures of them together when she was a baby, she doesn't remember him at all, but she just graduated college. She's like studied abroad. She's do, done great wow. for herself. And I attribute that to her mother. So I know your son is going to do great because I know you and your family ain't going to let, let, let it be no other way. Uh, but I, I always, yeah, and I always just think about that because I know that in your mind you had to do the what ifs what if my son was there what if i was there what if whatever and i just think we love it live in such an unpredictable world right now that um i'm glad that you're good and i'm glad that your son is good i'm glad that you're you know there for him to help him get through that absolutely so look let's talk about your body Uh, i'm so sick and tired of seeing you working out um you You tired of it you exhaust me on Instagram. You and Hino. First of all, Hino, you fucking flaked on getting my body together because I know you're jealous of me and you know I'm going to look better than you when I get this body all the way right. But you and Hino, and you you are so dedicated to your fitness. What what did you do to fall in love with fitness? Because I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm not. I love it. I fell in love with fitness at like, it was like 18 or 19 when I moved to L.A. Um... I was like, you know, I had like esteem, like body issues when I was like, uh, was that like 10 or something? I don't know. But I knew that. Yeah, because like I was really, okay, so I went to all like uh, a Jewish school. So there were just a couple of black me's around. And so my body to me didn't look like the girls that I grew up around. And so I was just like, I felt bigger. I didn't like how I looked. I was like, not thick, but you know, I still had curves even like kind of young for me, you know? And so I didn't like it. And so growing up, I it took a while to step into it. Once I got to LA, I was like, yo, I don't like this. And then I met my trainer, Mike T and he was like, yo, let's just work out. So I would work out two times a day dedicated and I became addicted to it. I mean, like, and I changed all my diet, how I was eating and I've never looked back. Like, I just love it. I worked out pregnant. I work out now. Like, I just, and then I found a no, really, no, no. like. Angela, Angela, before I roll over and wipe my eyes and brush my teeth, <laughs> your ass is somewhere doing something. And then I'll be making excuses for why I'm not working out. And then here you are pregnant as shit. I'm like, what the fuck? You making me yeah. feel like a whole bitch over here. But, oh, <laughs> I mean, and then I love boxing. So that's another thing. Like, I like strength training, but boxing has always been a passion of mine since I was, again, like 18, 19. So, like, I fell in love with that and I just run with it. You know what I mean? To me, my day doesn't start until I work out. And when I can't do that, I'm like, I'm lost. Like, if I have too many days off from the gym, I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself. I think a lot of women want to get into that kind of routine. What's some advice you can give them for motivation? What what got you going, you know, aside for those things? There's a lot of people out there. The pandemic's over. We ate a lot of snacks when we were on lockdown. Some motivation you can give them so they can get to that routine. I mean, I feel like your health, you know, you got to put your health before anything else. I mean, before even the look of being in shape, like you really need to be concerned about your health. And so I'm really big on health and like 
the right foods. I'm vegetarian, really vegan almost. Um, and I have been for like 12 years plus. So like my thing is if you get into just health and your lifespan and, you know, all of the good stuff, then I feel like eventually you'll fall into that. You know, you've got to do that. And the other part is like, yo, just get up and do it. Like you cannot say, you know, I want to not nah, like let me make a like a routine. Get your butt up, go to the gym or sit on that floor, do some sit ups, do some push ups, run in place, do some jumping jacks. I don't care what you do. Do something. Angela, and when if you ever make it to my house, my gym is literally downstairs. There's no excuse for me to not be in the gym at this point. But I'm just, it's, I don't know what it is. I think I need to find like, cause I call my gym Thaquanox. So I think I just need to find some fine niggas uh-huh. to come over, work out. Like, I don't know what my motivation is, but look, you, I know you're an entrepreneur and you turn everything into, into a coin. So built, not bought. Wait, built, not bought uh-huh. fitness. Now, is that because yes. all... Now, is that because all the girls nowadays are getting the Brazilian butt lifts and all this silicone that you said, look, let's build it, not buy it? Is that what? No, I hate that. So everyone thinks that I'm being, and like, okay, so everyone's like, oh, built, not bought. Are you saying something about like, we shouldn't, you know, get surgery? Yo, get all the surgery you want. I got mad friends that get the BBLs, titties done, whatever works for you. That's my thing. Do your thing. But my thing with Built Not Bought is build your mindset first, right? So you could do all this surgery stuff, but if your mindset ain't right, you're not right. So my thing is make sure you are like mentally good, build up your mind, spirit, body, soul. It all goes together. You know, like I'm like, I don't care. Do your thing. Get whatever you need to get done. But that's okay. We're not going to make some of these people feel comfortable (laughs) because we see their baby pictures and they don't even look the same. Go like be who you were. I went and got surgery. I, I went and had surgery to get this stomach reshaped. So if you want to reshape your ass like I reshape my stomach, do what you got to do. But it does start with the mind. It, does. it starts You're with right. the mind because there, there are still days that I still feel like a fat person. And I'm not saying fat as a fat being bad because fat is just the opposite of skinny. Both words are just words. I'm saying that in my mind, I was still, a, I still was overweight. I had to really start to allow my mind the process of building up the confidence to embrace this new journey that I was on. And like you said, it wasn't about the outside look as it much was about feeling good inside, making sure I wasn't becoming a diabetic, making sure that I lost the sleep apnea that I developed. And I just wanted to just know that I could live on this earth longer and fulfill my full purpose of what my life was supposed to mean. Uh, So I didn't want to die. So yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, I say health is everything. Health is first. They always say health is wealth, which is true. It's like we can't really get where we got to go if we're not healthy. So make that your focus. No, I like how both of y'all spoke about mental health because, yeah, you know, everybody think about working out. It's the aesthetic, how you look, but it cuts down the stress. It gives you more energy. You sleep better. And I think we need to promote those things more. So I like what you're doing, Angela, with that program you you have. Thank you. Now. Now is built not bought the why we don't talk about is that the reason why we don't talk about pastries anymore cuz you was the pastries girl for years you and your sister now we don't talk about pastries cuz we talking about building bodies or what's happening I mean, I built my body. I think that was something I did when I was younger. You know what I mean? And I grew from there and I learned a lot in business from pastry. Actually, my sister is still doing some work with them. She started working with them again. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm doing built not bought and I have my skincare line. And that is my main focus right now. So when you and your sister used to be in business, did you guys consciously make a decision to separate and kind of do your own things? Was that part of just growing up? Because I think because we saw you on this reality show, we expected you guys to be in business together forever. (laughs) 
Um, I think we just grew up, you know what I mean? Like I moved back to New York and Vanessa was still in LA, which she is. And so I think naturally we started doing different things. We still come together and do stuff. Um, but yeah, like naturally she's her and I'm me. And people always like to compare that. It's like, yo, that's my sister, like my blood. Like I love my sister. They'd be like, she's never on your page. Like what? (laughs) But like, yeah, like that's my sister. Like I love her. Like we work together and we do tons of other stuff together. Is it tough doing business with family? Because everyone in your family is so successful, but is it tough doing business with family? Um, It can be, but you know, we learned early how to put that to the side. Like, yo, this is business, this is work. Like me and my sister could be in a heated argument and then get up and go do what we had to do, interviews, work, and be bestie buddies. And then by the end of the night, we were arguing back to what we had to talk about. You know what I mean? I think you got to know how to separate the two. That's it. If you're going to be in business with a family member or someone you love, like you got to know how to separate business and like a friendship and relationship. So when you talk about family, um, your uncle Russell, who's a hip hop icon, has been in the news and has controversy, moved out the country. When you look at cancel culture, which I'm not a fan of, and you look at him, somebody who's been so important to our culture, from a personal level, do you just want to get on the internet and say enough is enough, like stop attacking our black icons? Or do you just sit back like everybody else and say, it's not my fight? Well, I don't sit back, but at the same time, like people are like I said in the beginning, are gonna always have their own opinions and stuff. And like my uncle's great, like he does a lot for our community, for so many different communities. And so I just feel like people are gonna have something to say forever about me, about people around me. You know, like it's about not feeding into that and just like doing what you gotta do. Like actions speak way louder than words, so people can talk all day. See, I'm trying to tell y'all, y'all thought I was playing when I said Angela Simmons ain't made a steal. Y'all better be paying attention to this media training that she got over here because the, <laughs> the girl is the girl is like, throw any question you want. Okay, so I'm looking no, at your skin. So I'm looking at your skin and I know that up close you look the same as you do on this camera because some of these girls don't. Beauty and uh, Simmons Beauty, what made you decide to get into the beauty game? Is it because you knew you were flawless and you wanted everybody to get the secret or is it because it's a billion dollar business and you all about your coin? You know what? I've always loved um, skincare and I'm always big on my skincare routine, my morning, my night thing. Like one of my favorite things to do when I get home is wipe my makeup off and take everything off and wash it and do all the steps. And so to be honest with you, my friend, uh, Dorian, who has butter skincare, uh, he, me and him were talking and I was like, yo, like I love skincare. And he was just talking about his business. And I was like, bet. And then I was in the house during quarantine and I was like, yo, I'm starting this. And I'm almost, it's almost been a year um, in May for my company. And so, I just started it, you know what I mean? Like he gave me a little extra push and I already was like open and loved it and been doing it because I did it with or without selling it because I love skincare and then, yeah, here I am. What skincare items are you selling? Okay, so I have a whole new set coming out which I'm really excited about. And so um, it's a brightening serum. I have an eye, under the eye um, serum and then I have a hydrating oil. Then right now there's Golden Touch and I also have a toner and I have really great masks that are online. There's a bamboo one that I just dropped. Is it for men and women or just women? Oh, absolutely. To, Everyone should have great skin. If I need to get you a package sent, no worries. Done. <laughs> Done. Help me out. 
help me out. What, what is a tone? What, what would I need? Okay, I, I want to invest in some Simmons skincare. What do I need? I don't know what toner is. You said something about some highlight or something. What is that? I just didn't about no highlighter, sir. I I'm said, trying to figure it out. I said hydrating oil. Oh, that's I what you said. I said the eye serum and I said a brightening oil. It's a brightening serum. So they all work together. You do it from like the end. You start with the um, the brightening oil, the brightening serum. Then you can do the hydrating oil and last the eye um, serum. The toner, as soon as you wake up after you wash your face, you know, you need that to give your skin a little hydration. You know, um, yeah, I mean, you need to wash your face and I'm putting out a eventually face wash, but I'm not focused on that right now because this, I'm a serum girl. So I sell a lot of serums. Um, yeah, and then you put that on. You do need an SPF, which I will launch eventually, but you do need an SPF too. Okay. I mean, well, send us the package because look, I ain't gonna lie. I only thing I, yeah, I only wash my face with water. I do put this under eye cream on that I'm trying right now from Sephora. I, some white man who don't need it was telling me to use it. I'm yeah. gonna it out because my, my father's eyes do get real puffy and he be looking like a crackhead that stays up for three days in a row and I ain't trying to have them bags under my eyes. Speaking of fathers, do you ever call your father and say, don't you get another bathtub on your phone? Because everywhere I go, people want to know what Run is talking about. That old meme that be circling the internet from freaking <laughs> Run's house, are you kidding me? No, I don't call my dad about that. My dad is definitely like the coolest ever. I met your dad. I met you, I met your dad a couple of times. I met him 25 years ago, actually. And then I met him again in, I don't know, 2007. He, he's awesome. Um, no, I, I, I just, I find you so fascinating. I, I'm so glad you came on the show because you know what? The one thing I know about Angela, when you see her in public, or at least when I see her in public, when she sees me, it's always love, but she's, she's really good at, she, she's good at searching the room. She knows who's in that room. She knows who's in that room. And when she sees me, it's really, Hey, how you doing? Hi, whatever. You are so, um, well, self-managed in a very good way. I've never seen you cocktailed getting drug out of party. I've never seen you fighting with nobody. I never <laughs> see you in no fight with nobody. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. Um, your brother Diggy is the sex symbol. Where did this come from? The girls go crazy for him. We post him on Hollywood Unlocked. They want more Diggy, Diggy, Diggy. How do you feel as a big sister now looking at your brother being objectified by these nasty little girls? Listen, whatever works for them, my brother knows, listen, he's young and he's supposed to be hot and doing his thing. So I support my brother doing what he does. I'm proud of him. Um, yeah, he's just out there grinding and being um, a young man. And I think it's awesome. And I'm happy. When he was coming up, did you have to have to fight any of them off, though? Like, you know, back up. My, my little brother's still growing up becoming a man. Did you ever have to push I'm him off a little bit? Nobody. Yeah, I'm going to do all that. They know. <laughs> oh, okay. Not like that. No, when she said it, I yeah, felt it. I was no, like, yeah, no. they do know. You caught, you, you, caught, you, you caught that she from New York. You know, she like, I got girls up town. You see, up town. You see how quick that play. came out? It's so New York. I'm sorry. It's the Queens. No, see this? No, no, don't, don't, don't apologize because I'm gonna tell you what happens. People come on this show and get real comfortable. It's almost like I just sent you a shot of Hennessy, and then they be like, Yeah, I got the girls uptown. I don't have to pull uh -huh. up on the <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, maybe, oh maybe that's maybe, maybe that's why you're on growing up hip hop because you keep a blade in your purse. So you're on growing up hip hop. You're coming back. Um, you're a cast member and executive producer, which means that you get to decide who goes into the scenes where they have to beat each other up. 
do you when you get on the show as executive producer and a cast member do you ever feel like the shawnee of your show where people could criticize you for getting a different look than other people on the show because you are in control at the end of the day um i don't think about it like that i just kind of once again mind my business i you know i give my part i do my part i know pretty much what's going on um a lot of people don't know that the reason like in the beginning when grown up hip-hop first started like I literally helped create and like sell the show. Like it took about two years until I got to that point and walked into WeTV and sold it. You know what I mean? Like that's how involved I was. I didn't just get a title. Like I actually like put in work like to get the show um, off and going or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, I just do my thing. And I think every other cast member does their thing. You know, I'm, I'm not a part of all of that happens, but I do know what's happening and what's going on. Um, yeah, just mind my business and do my part. Do you think it's easy for people to try to discredit you as an executive producer because you grew up in fame and money instead of acknowledging that you've always been a boss business person and that, you know, you just, some people think as employees, some people think as employers? Yeah, I mean, once again, those are people having their opinions about who I am and, they can discredit me all day. I know what work is going in behind the scenes. And so I just let the work speak for itself at the end of the day. And you, you know what came up doing telling like. and you know what that and you know what that check looks like when it comes in too, and you know what title is on the title cards when it goes across <laughs> the screen. That's what I heard. Whatever. If you came up doing television, uh, as you mature, what are some of the difficulties in, you know, being on the production sets and everything? Um, I guess the hardest part is, look, they get to be there for your great, but then they get to be there when things are going on that are not so great or, like, things that are hurtful, you know. But when you open up your, you know, yourself to reality, you have to open up to some of these things. And so it's just there's a lot of people in almost all of your business. I mean, for the most part, what you want to share, but some of it is public because people see what's going on with you. But um, the hardest part would be that, you know. Like, when I lost my son's father, that being public, you know, and having to invite others in and what was going on and I'm mourning it. It's, it's tough, you know, but it's, it's a part of the life that I guess I signed up for. Were you scared? Was there any part of you that was scared to reveal that part of you? Because again, you do come off very private. Yeah. I mean, at some point I'm like, Oh, you know what, this is what's happening. And I know there are other, you know, people who are going through similar things. So I feel like if I can be of any strength to someone else, then I don't mind speaking on it. Mm. How do you trust being Angela Simmons, being that you're a, 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 you know, who you are, you're successful, you have money, uh, you have a kid that you have to protect, you have a family and a legacy to protect. How do you trust people and how do people get into your inner circle, let alone into a date? With you. <laughs> well, the date, the date, you know, the date got to speak for itself. If you're not trustable after that, you might get kicked to, to the curb. But um, now, just in general, my circle is pretty tight. Like, I've known most of my friends since I was in high school or, like, college. So majority of the people who are around me, I've known forever. And, like, if I bring someone in and they're like, oh, like, this person ain't got good intentions, I'm going to do my little background research. And then, you know, then I'll know what's up. But for the most part... I keep it pretty tight and I'm really good with energy and knowing what's up. But if somebody wants to reveal themselves, I just feel like let time show that. 
You know, you're not going to always make the perfect decisions, but life's too short to just be scared and not trust no one. I think I allow everyone to show me their cards themselves. Because some people will say this about somebody and it could just be out of, out of hate. So I want you to reveal your cards to me yourself, you know, and that's that's what it is. I think you give everybody their own chance to show them, show you who they really are. That's that's what's most important. I mean, hell, if you listen to everybody that says something about me, you wouldn't even be on this show right now because I know the press that's out there about me. Don't do that. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. When we was at Floyd's party, right? I see Angela over there by Rick Ross's table with her friends and whatever. And I go to speak to Angela. And the guy with you was like, you give me your number so we get Angela on the show. I'm like, we already, we already talk. We already got this. Oh, I love you. that's my boo. I love how your friends are very protective and they know how to deflect when they see that incoming bird. Not that I'm a bird, but you know what I mean? When they see that incoming, you know, talk to me. But it's a just I'm in case, to... just in case you uncomfortable. <laughs> just in case, just in case. No, so, um, okay, speaking of comfortable, what, you seem very confident. What, what are your vulnerabilities? Like, what are the things that people may not know makes Angela Simmons vulnerable? Relationships. I think being in relationships and when I actually love, I love really hard. So, you know, the person who may or may have not dated me, you know, they would know that side of me, my child, you know, family, people who really like matter to me on my day to day, you know, journey. That's what I would say for the most part. So but everything else. You, when you think about your son, how is how has motherhood changed you as a woman? Man, I mean, you live, I'm not living for just me anymore. And the minute I had him, I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like I have like a whole child that like comes before me now, but it does change you. You know, I feel like I've grown a lot. I've learned a lot. I'm trying to, I learned patience. I had zero patience before I had my child and I'm learning more and more patience. I still, you know, I have a work in progress, but a child will definitely give you that. Um, I'm learning that they literally do and see everything that you do, you say, how you act. Like my son, I'm like looking at him like, yo, like it's great to watch because he's growing up lovely, but it's like they really just take on so much from you. So it's so important to be, you know, your best self. And that's what I'm big on. It's like, yo, if this is not going to add to me, whatever it is, whether it's work, relationship, whatever. I can't have it for too long because my son is seeing that and my son is, you know, absorbing all the energy. I walk in the house with all the time, you know, so I just feel like that's really important is being your best self. Yeah, I'm raising a young son as well. What are some things you want to instill into your son, you know, as he grows older? Just to be a leader. You know what I mean? I think that's there's so many other things. But if if you instill that in the child to be a leader and to really do their thing and like be their own person, you know, out of all of the, the morals and the greatness that he's going to be raised from, because he's got such a strong circle of individuals around him from my father to his, my, my sisters, my brothers, you know, his dad's side of the family. So amazing. They're there. They talk to him. Like he just has so much that's going to help him grow, but being a leader, you know, being kind and, just being aware and just so many things that I instill in him on a day-to-day basis. Like, and that's one of them is like, you're going to be what? Because there are so many followers today. And I want my son to decide, you know, I want him to make his own decisions for himself, whatever that looks like. You know, I don't want him to just follow the crowd because it's cool. Like, no, what do you want to do with your life? You know, what makes you happy? And I'm teaching him this at four. 
you know? So I just feel like that's most important now. Like you get their mind conditioned to start that now. I don't want you to be a leader later. No, I want you to be a leader now. You know, when you walk into school and you know what another kid is doing is wrong, you don't got to do that because you don't care. You're a leader. That's what's most important. Well, they say the first three years are the most impressionable years. And see how you talking about your son. That's why you're the way that you are. And I have a question now, given that uh, this literally a couple of days after uh, when this airs a couple of days after the George Floyd, Derek Chauvin case uh, happened and he was found guilty on all three charges, being a black woman, raising a black son in America that in a country that, uh, you know, you literally have to be videotaped, putting your knee on somebody's neck and killing them to be found guilty. Do you ever get worried about, you know, sending him out into the world when he does get a little older, knowing that we live in a place like where we live right now? I do. I do think about it. And, you know, I do a lot of praying and then there's going to be a lot of education that I'm going to have to give him so that he's aware of what's happening. But um, it's definitely frightening, you know, and I'm, I'm hoping we get somewhere with raising the awareness and being able to actually get further with having justice and beyond justice. These situations need to stop. You know, it's just not fair that. OK, so now we got that, but that little girl doesn't have her dad anymore. You know, and it's always something. And I just, I, I really strongly, like, I just want us all to get to a better space, like, in America. Like, this is not okay, you know. And so as far as my son goes, like, I'm frightened. I'm shook. You know, there's so much you can do, but so much you can do when your child walks out the door and they're having these encounters with these these cops, you know, and this is what they're doing. So it's just about educating him and, um, you know, keeping him aware for the most part. Yeah, it was literally celebrating the Derek Chauvin guilty uh, verdict and then watching this young girl who was killed. And then we know that coming up, we have the trial, or I don't know, not the trial, the funeral of the young boy that was just killed in the same state where uh, where uh, where George Floyd was murdered. It's just really crazy. And I think that for me, like when I think about having kids, I just, I, I know that being that I wasn't uh, you know, in the home, I was in foster care and abandoned by my family and all that. I wouldn't, I'm, I would be an over critically uh, protective parent where I would want to know where my kid is 24 seven. And the reality is when they get older, you can't be with them 24 seven. And that to me would just be really scary. So I just know it takes a lot of courage nowadays to be able to raise a kid in a world like this. Yes, it's definitely a lot. It's definitely a lot. So philanthropy, I know we talked earlier about um, uh, the the work that you were doing for those that were abused. You also have um, Angela's Angels Foundation. Tell me about that and the work that you're doing there. Yes, so Angela's Angels is my baby. Um, Pressure Makes Diamonds is actually the program I was speaking on, and that is the first one underneath uh, the foundation that I'm doing a lot of work with. And then um, I do plan on doing stuff with orphanages. I have a very large heart for children. I love children and just doing a lot of work with women as well. But yeah, like it's always been in me since a little girl to help and to do and just you know, to use my platform now that it's growing to be able to help others, inspire others, do whatever I possibly can. You know, that's just what I've always been about. And so now it only made sense that I start this journey, you know, and I'm very excited to be able to help. Well, me and Tiffany Haddish and Keisha Cole, we all are former foster kids or have been adopted. So we would love to, you know, be involved somehow. I would love that. I would I would really love that. So we'll definitely talk and um, figure out how we can do something. I would, I would love that. 
And so you're also going to be a black woman in tech with an inspirational app because I'm in tech. That's what Hollywood Unlocked is. It's a dot com. You're getting into tech. Yeah, I mean, listen, I do a little bit of everything, but I'm putting all my focus right now on my built, not bought and my um, my Simmons beauty. And then obviously my philanthropy work, because my day to day right now is crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, these <laughs> Reel it all in. But yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about the projects that I'm working on right now. They're amazing and I'm enjoying every second of it. Now, all right, we talked about growing up hip hop, but you have your own show coming out as well, right? Oh yeah, just Angela, it's already going. So it's, um, I've been actually posting um, different stuff from it. It's actually on YouTube and Aspire is airing them. So Aspire has aired a couple and then they're also on YouTube, it's with Kin. And so, yeah, I feel like that's kind of like my diary where I kind of open up a little more where it's a little one-on-one. -on -one. It's very, sh it's shot kind of like this so that I'm able to really like talk and speak to you guys about me for the people who are actually interested. Angela, how do you find time to do all this and let a nigga get next to you? Like, I'm, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know they say I like to date broke, but that's not true. I like to date niggas who have flexible schedules. Where's the flexibility in your schedule? You got growing up hip hop, executive producer and talent. You got just uh, this show, just Angela, which means you're also executive producer of that. You have a beauty line. You have foundations. You have orphanages. You're trying to rescue kids that nobody wanted. Where, where do you have time for a man, Angela? Um. So... I make time for who I want to make time for. That's the thing. And I think everyone can do that. You can make time. If you really want to be next to somebody, that is one of my pet peeves. Like you may say, I don't have time. No, no, no. You don't want to make time because sweetheart, we are all busy. So I think if someone doesn't make time, that's, that's an issue because I can be busy and I know very busy individuals who make time for children, wives, whatever they need to make time for. You can make time for it, period. There's no excuse. So are we gonna see, okay, are we gonna see a man pop up on just Angela? And <laughs> if you get in a serious relationship, will we ever see an Angela Simmons wedding on reality TV? I don't know. I haven't got to marriage yet, but um, it just would depend on me and my husband <laughs> and what we decide. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I can't really speak for it. If you do, I want to be invited with, I'm going to bring a bag of Skinny Pop and I'm going to just be sitting <laughs> Not Skinny Pop! <laughs> I want to be there. Okay, look, Angela, I, I love you so much. Um, I, I appreciate you coming on the show. You're a Virgo, which means I like you. I don't fuck with Gemini's. Best time in the world! Okay, wait. Can you, please, can you please tell your aunt, I think she's still your aunt, Kamora, that I love her. I've never met her. I don't know why I've never met her, but like, she's just, I don't know. I just love her. She's amazing. I mean, I'm awesome. sure I could tell Larsa, I'm sure I could tell Larsa Pippen to tell her, but shit, I'm talking to the, I'm talking to a Simmons. Yeah, she's awesome. Like I grew up watching Kamora. Kamora was like one of my inspirations growing up for sure. Cause she used to take me with her babysat offices, private jets back and forth from LA to New York. Like she was so fun to watch growing up. Hmm. All right, and tell the boyfriend that you're dating that I'm sorry I didn't get to meet him tonight, but I'm sure you'll text me on the side and I promise I won't tell nobody if you tell me who it is. What boyfriend? Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Angela. Bye. <laughs> 
All right, look, that was a great show. And make sure you keep coming back because we got all types of amazing interviews and topics that are going to make you go crazy. Uh-huh, that's right. That means like, subscribe, do everything you need to do to make sure you stay up to date with what we got going on. And ladies, stay tuned in because you know I have your back. And listen, make sure that you're commenting below because even though I say I don't read it on the show, that's all I do when it's over. Peace.